You're listening to Inside Content, the TV industry podcast. This show is brought to you by 3Vision, a global TV industry consultancy specializing in content acquisition, strategy, research, and business development. Each episode, we give you VIP access to the views and experiences of senior TV executives and discuss the latest TV industry trends and insights. Hello and welcome to Inside Content. I'm Hayley Poole, VP at 3Vision, and today I'm kicking off our new podcast season with Wayne Davison, Chief Sales Officer and MD International at Little Dot Studios. On the episode, we weigh up traditional versus digital distribution, including how the content landscape has changed, how distributors can better monetize content across digital platforms, and of course, fast. A great way to kickstart our new series after the summer holiday. Welcome, Wayne, to Inside Content. Thank you. Nice to be here. You are Chief Sales Officer and MD International at Little Dot Studios, which is captioned on your website as digital experts, platform specialists, and content superfans. Perhaps you can provide our listeners with a bit of insight into into what that means and and, and your role with Little Dot. Sure. So uh, my title is broadly made up, but uh, I'll come to that next. The um, the the overall business of Little Dot is kind of captured under, I guess, two headings. One is a digital media network, and the other is kind of uh, award-winning content agency and studio. And the business was set up, I mean, it's 10 years old now, it was set up um, to be kind of a bridge between the traditional media space and emerging platforms. And within those, those kind of two two categories of activities. The media network is a collection of owned and operated channels that we've built. It's effectively broadcast of long form content, but in social digital um, environments. So YouTube and Facebook are predominantly kind of our main um, areas of activity. There's 38 channels within that space. Um, We also have activities on TikTok and Instagram. And it's multiple genres of content, crime, history, wildlife, um, adventure, blue light, or a whole host of activities uh, around and, and genres of, of, of more traditional content. And it, those channels include BAFTA and Emmy award-winning documentaries. Um, and in so, in a lot of those cases, they're finding new audiences in new environments. So, you know, we've the, there's something in the region of sixteen thousand hours of content across that network of channels. There's probably something close to 100 million unique views every month um, and 50 million global subscribers across those channels. So that that's really significant uh, and, scale, and has scaled really quite fast over the kind of latter half of Little Dot's life and has moved us into fast channels as well, which I'll talk about a bit later. Um, so, so that's kind of across our, our network and that's, you know, that's working with distribution partners, traditional distribution partners, uh, licensing content from them to work with them and deliver revenues to them. And then the kind of more services side of the business, probably incorrectly referred to as agency, sits across three or four different verticals. One is entertainment, sport, the other is sports, consumer brands and social impact. Um, so entertainment, we work with pretty much all of the major studios, including Discovery, NBC Universal, 
uh, a lot of the networks, most of the streamers, a lot of distribution partners and production companies working with the Lights and Graham Norton show. We work with a lot of kids content, digital publishers, talent, Gordon Ramsay, through to kind of more um, more hilariously referred to traditional YouTube talent uh, like Ninja, who's like the biggest gaming creator on YouTube. Um, and then sport is clubs, federations, uh, sports broadcasters, consumer brands. We work with partners like Farfetch, and um, uh, we've been working with major major brands in in the UK, the US, and in Germany. And social impact. We've worked with WHO, UN. There's a whole host of different things. And that um, the services business is probably summarised most simply as kind of end to end management of content on digital platforms. So starting with the strategies of what are we trying to achieve what we're trying to deliver what are your what are you as a brand a content owner or, or whatever trying to reach as your ultimate goals and how can we help deliver that for you then kind of into content creation so cr- whether that's creative production um with our internal creative production studios or wing who's our um branded content production agency who um joined the little dot group a couple of years ago um building a digital original uh, content so um whether that's for social platforms pre- predominantly for social platforms so that's kind of our main focus so repurposing content into existing content into clips and compilations um working with community um uh, environments so um into stills and, and various images social native content but using existing content for, from that environment that's taking through to distribution, which is two forms. One, organic distribution, which is playing with playing to the platform's algorithms, understanding how they operate, understanding how they deliver content to audiences, which is really key, um, as well as paid strategies to support that organic activity. So you've got kind of layers and layers of, of distribution through to get content in front of the eyeballs of our, of our audiences that we're trying to build. And then monetization uh, off the back of that, that's through the platform's own uh, direct sale, the platform's own sales uh, activities as well as our own direct sales teams. So we have our own ad sales teams in different markets as well, um, as well as a whole host of other things, including digital rights management. We have a whole um, team working across that on social platforms. We have a data tech and product team um, who are supporting all of kind of the insights as well as building new products to, to help our teams in, in all of the work that they're doing and that's kind of the the, the kind of the core of the business um, alongside some of the businesses we acquired over the last couple of years which includes wing who I mentioned earlier who are um, who are focused on kind of branded and sport content uh, for TVC content for uh, partners including Aston Martin and Google we, um, we acquired history hit which is Esport Dan Snow's history hit um, platform, and who are doing podcasts and 500 plus original documentaries, as well as uh, LocoWise, who acquired more recently, which is a social media analytics and reporting tool that kind of fits into the broader business. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is, and there's so much of that that I'd like to unpick, and especially the last point which you just chucked in there, which was around data, which of course forms the the basis for the whole mechanics of of running some of these ad funded businesses but we'll we'll get in get into that later um one of the things i just wanted to pick you up on to begin with is you 
obviously you service the whole ecosystem, but a lot of this is centered around um, the, the digital platforms. When you're talking about digital platforms, are you mainly talking about kind of the, 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 social, the social platforms? That's kind of the heart of business and, and is the, um, the main focus, but it's not limited to that. We've been working, you know, we've worked with various partners, some broadcasters and their kind of their digital output whether in, in their kind of owned and operated environments as well, um, as well as our, you know, we, we, have, we have our own owned and operated with the likes of History Hit, which, which is a, a subscription service. Um, Heartland sits with social, but surrounding that you then also and passed on to the end of that as well so emerging environments I guess. But let's talk about the kind of traditional distribution companies and you you mentioned you know working with with some broadcasters I mean we we cannot ignore kind of changing um, trends in in how people are, are, are watching tv and specifically obviously with the broadcasters TV viewing is declining and, and social is certainly growing. How significant is digital distribution to the traditional companies and how are they um, how are they embracing it? I mean, I'm, there's lots of kind of concerns that come up and a lot of them are, you know, are myths around cannibalization of TV viewing if we place content on social at the same time. I'm just interested to understand you know, how, how important is it to these guys now? And it could be from a marketing perspective. More interestingly, it could be from actually generating interesting revenues. Can you can you talk yeah. a bit about how kind of some of these companies are uh, active in this space and what they're doing? Yes, uh, I think look, it, very, it very much varies depending on who you're talking about and how they're operating. They, you know, as I kind of alluded to before, what, trying to understand what the brand's per what what the the own content owner or the brand's purpose is in the first instance you know as you say kind of is it an awareness proposition is it about building new audiences is it about generating new revenues um you know through the work that we've been doing at little dot we've shared something in the region of 100 million dollars of revenue over the last three years with our content partners so there's there's a significant proposition for um for content owners on in monetization there's opportunities to drive to owned and operated services from the content to drive to products push through to ticketing it just depends on kind of what you're doing and who it's, who you're talking about I, you know digital look digital is there's, there's no doubt about it it's really significant it's 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 at the forefront of everybody's mind it sh- if it and if it's not it should be in the forefront of everybody's mind it is um Traditional TV is in decline. You know, they, let's let's not kid ourselves. It's an aging demographic as well, which is also really important. And I think, you know, I, I've talked a lot about this in, in various places, but I think the, the importance is look at behaviours at home. You know, what are you doing in front of the TV? What are your kids doing in front? Of, are they even in front of the TV? Are they hide, hidden away in, on the, on, in their rooms, on their phones? You know, that is what's going on in my house. There is multiple things happening simultaneously, whether it's um, uh, pre-recorded or streamed content on a TV whilst watching TikTok videos or Instagram videos, um, whilst engaging with YouTube in a different space. You know, the, the, the activity and behaviours have changed so significantly 
um, certainly in the time that I've been in the industry, but in the last eight years that I've been at Little Dot, I've seen that shift really quickly, particularly in the UK, in the US as well. The different markets that we operate in, we Little Dot also operates in Germany and in Australia. Some of those markets are changing at a different pace um, because they, the way they those markets have operated traditionally are different to the way um, things have happened here where you know, cable has kind of pushed through really fast and there's been massive volumes of channels that have existed. The German market has been very heavily driven by free-to-air as has the Australian market. So there's there's kind of that lack of squeezed middle as, as we've talked a lot about. Um, but the the reality of, of all of those scenarios is, is the same. Behaviours have changed and therefore con- consumption of content, whatever that content is, has totally uh, evolved and therefore reliance on a traditional broadcast environment in isolation is kind of bonkers at this stage um there has to be a much broader strategy and you know there are broadcasters who are who are spending time on looking at those kind of new environments channel four have done a fantastic job in those spaces uh, and growing their their digital portfolios, ITV have done some of that work. BBC, likewise, they're all kind of operating in different ways in in the UK market. You know, we work with Discovery, and they've evolved their proposition from from kind of a traditional cable TV into how much can we put out through digital, and therefore can that inform? And back to your point around data, can can the data that we're seeing off the back of these social platforms? start to inform our strategies inside our um, Discovery Plus environments to say, actually, there's we thought Discovery male content may be skewing more or, or the, you know, the female skewing in this direction. How can we how can we deliver content in those different environments to inform those strategies? So um, the importance to traditional traditional TV companies, whether that's production, distribution or broadcast, it's got to be significant for everybody. The ability to build scale requires scale in the first place. You need volume of content and you need understanding of the platforms. It doesn't come easy. It's not just about uploading a bunch of videos to, to TikTok or to YouTube. They just don't, they don't deliver the audiences immediately. You have to, they have to be in certain formats, certain lengths. They have to have certain metadata underlying it. There's a whole host of activities that requires, that's required to be able to, be able to build audiences in these environments it's not just about pointing somebody somewhere and hoping that they go um the, these are um algorithmically driven platforms therefore everything that plays through from upload all the way through to audience development and audience building into what does that monetization look like at the back of it is a really long process and requires a lot of understanding of the platforms and the data that underlies it as well so in in your opinion um kind of placing content on TV and and social, there doesn't need to be this concern around cannibalization of, of TV viewing. It can be very complementary. And it's also about kind of finding new audiences as these kind of changing um, trends in, in viewing behavior happen. I mean, I think Ofcom 
um, released their Media Nations report recently, and and they pointed out that kind of 16 to 13 year olds in the UK watch 30% more content on YouTube than than live TV. So you kind of you need to be on that platform to to reach those those demographics, which I guess leads us nicely um, to talk about YouTube. Um, it's the largest social platform in the UK, um, I believe. And I guess it's still the most important, therefore, especially in terms of, of, of revenue generation. Can you tell us a bit about the different strategies of, of working with YouTube and, and perhaps shed some light, if you can, on, um, on, on what, they're, what they're doing at the moment and what the opportunities are for, for uh, producing distributors? Yeah, I mean, briefly about your point around cannibalization, I think that you're absolutely right. There is... That, that myth is continues to be a myth. Nobody's not nobody's watching a video on YouTube and not and then deciding not to watch it on broadcast TV. It's they either watch your content or they watch somebody else's. If your content isn't there in the first place, it's that they're not going. Oh, I need to go and search for it somewhere else. Mm. Um, unless it's kind of the, mon- the the kind of big monsters that exist out of coming out of Hollywood. The, the, just, the reality is just not there. So cannibalize, you know, we have shows that we work work with partners where we're releasing content ahead of broadcast, um, several hours ahead of broadcast and some of the main clips of that content. Um, and still, unsurprisingly, the broadcast is still delivering an audience off the back of that and as is the catch up and all of those other things. So it's more about, it's certainly about kind of delivering content to the audiences in the places that they are rather than trying to move them around the ecosystems it just doesn't work so that's the first point I, I guess kind of in terms of talking about youtube as a whole it has been our heartland to start the business off that was the first place where video kind of emerged uh, across social platforms and you, you know we started with a lot of expertise in that area what's been very interesting is as the landscape has changed and other platforms have emerged with the likes of likes of TikTok um, exploding with vertical video. That has required the, all of the other platforms to to start to move their strategies around and start to provide other formats. So when take take you kind of at the beginning, YouTube was a pure video proposition. It then built in a community environment to try and compete with the more kind of social specific platforms like Facebook, which had a much more kind of engaged um, collection of people talking to one another, engaging with the content, engaging with the with the channels as well. And actually the ability to communicate with the audience was really significant there. So the community environment evolved. Then Snapchat delivered stories. Everybody moved into stories and that was kind of, vertical stills and um a new environment to play youtube followed that pattern now uh youtube shorts exists um off the back of the um the the emergence of tiktok as have everybody else with their kind of um, vertical versions uh of their video platforms facebook's reels instagram reels um so you know youtube as youtube as a monetization proposition has been fantastic i think that's you know that's definitely the case uh, it was ahead of everybody facebook have definitely emerged with a much more solid proposition over the last couple of years in terms of monetization for video and consumption of video on facebook has is increased a lot as well um but again the audiences are different the demographics are very different 
um, and behaviors are different because with the different um, surfaces as they refer to them. So you might be watching on mobile, you might be watching on connected TV, connected TV audiences are watching long form documentaries, movies. We've got some movies on some of our channels. I was looking the other day that are reaching, that are hitting audiences of 65 plus on YouTube, on connected TV of about 50%, 65 plus 50% on connected TV. Now that is completely bonkers compared to what everybody expected YouTube to be doing. Yeah. It, it, it's changed its base and uh, has delivered kind of new opportunities for, for content owners to be able to really reach audiences properly in the way that our content was intended to be reached, as well as sliced and diced into different formats and different kind of best ofs and clips and all of those other things in, in kind of more um, closed environment um, platforms, whether that's mobile or desktop or, or what have you. But, um, you know, connected TV for YouTube is its fastest growing surface because they've improved the user experience and there is more content going being pushed through that environment. Um, but then you've got on the other end, you've got shorts, which is, um, you know, 60 second videos in vertical video, in vertical formats. There's a place for traditional content in all of those different environments. And, and that's where it all starts getting a bit overwhelming, I guess, for a lot of partners that we work with who are just like, I just don't know what to do or where the best place to, to start is. Half the problem is you've got to, you, you do need to try and do as much of this as you can and cover as much of the ground as you can because even in the, in just in YouTube alone, the consumption behaviors of um, shorts is much younger demographics than it is uh, on a C connected TV de uh, devices. So behaviors are all different just within a single platform. That's great, Wayne. So we, um, we cannot not talk about fast. Um, and having just spoken about YouTube, I'm interested to understand if fast act activity via YouTube is a game changer in terms of revenues compared to fast viewing on on other platforms where you know revenues vary hugely. What what are your thoughts on that one? I think it's probably too early to say. I think the what. Um... What we've seen from YouTube in Fast uh, is the um, is a, a kind of focus on the US as, as its primary goal. They've they've launched a new um, a new proposition called Prime Time Channels as well, which is another different proposition alongside YouTube TV, which is their kind of US broadcast environment. So, I, to be honest, I don't think there's enough evidence yet to point to whether this is going to be a game changer. I uh, I think we're, we're certainly in, interrogating it and our team that are working across our fast proposition is is looking at, at it as one environment to be, uh, to be uh, distributing our content on our partners content, but it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the silver bullet in its, um, in its entirety. I think it's just one of many different fast environments that um that can exist i also think if i'm not mistaken the fast proposition is more of a vod proposition in the us with youtube than it is a, a kind of streamed uh, broadcast schedule which a lot of the platforms are doing uh, right. on the fast in the fast environments so you guys are managing a number of 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 channels um in in the fast space um you know we're 
we're we're faced with a number of different types of of platforms um which give us opportunity from distribution for those owned by the big media conglomerates like the Tubies and the Plutos then you have the OEMs the Samsungs the LGs and then you have the specialist services and and so on and so forth where are kind of the 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 biggest opportunities do you think i mean they obviously all bring their own opportunities and 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 challenges in terms of things like visibility and access but are you guys through your distribution activities seeing any kind of um stronger players so i think with with approaching fast in the same way that we approach social digital in the the greater the coverage the better the opportunity and the better the returns back for everybody we've got we've launched eight fast channels so far um that include kind of documentaries back to our, our media network is documentaries history crime um we've got a don't tell the bride channel we launched the chat show channel um more recently um we've launch those in 20 different territories including the uk the nordics australia us and so on and that's across 12 different platforms so to all the different areas that you've already kind of touched on the samsung's and the roku's the zio amazon freebie etc um and i think i think the i'm gonna not answer your question specifically but i'll go i'll talk around it a little bit you know we, we're, we're running 35 million hours of watch time under the under the um little dot channels there's on average about three to five hundred hours of content available to view um across those channels and the the i guess the difficulty is number one it's a closed shop right so there's there's you can't just launch a fast channel you've got to have partnerships with the platforms you you know you can't just turn up and upload a bunch of content and hope that it hits an audience um the operational requirements behind it were to you know in 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 our kind of um open honesty were much more than we anticipated we've had to basically build an entire broadcast team to be able to manage these fast channels effectively and to really deliver scale and that includes kind of material handling and processing we've got to do all the closed captioning and editing compliance scheduling scheduling team to to do all that graphics work promos and then also kind of programmatic advertising team uh, and ad stack that we've had to build off the back of that. Because to hand over the content um, or the channels to a partner for them to uh, and rely on them as as a revenue source is okay, but it's not great as a as a kind of full solution. It's not going to deliver the monetization that you're hoping for. And uh, you know, let's let's. But let's be honest here, FAST is broadcast TV by a different name. Um, it's just a different delivery process. But the technology that underlies it is the part that, confu- that complicates everything and, and, and that people are missing. And that ad stack piece is kind of, is really key to deliver scale and monetization. You know, you know, we've got a team that are doing direct sales. We've also got a whole team that are working on this program on these programmatic partnerships with all with I think we've up to somebody something like twenty to thirty different programmatic partners um, who are delivering advertising revenues to these different channels. And so whilst there is an opportunity to deliver channels to these partners and say, here you go, let's do it on a rev share. The money that's coming back isn't always as great as it should be, um, and 
there will come a point where there is just too much content in, inside an EPG that continues to grow in every single different environment and the partners will stop taking any more channels. So I think in terms of um, in terms of where the opportunities lie, there are there are spaces. There are um, you know these platforms are looking for new genres and new new um, new uh, content types to to grow new channels, but that that has limitations. And will that will all of that work and effort and the um, time spent in delivering deliver back the revenues that you're looking for on a long-term basis is pretty challenging so we we work we work with a lot of different partners in lots of different ways where we kind of in some cases we're just licensing content from partners through the, the, the tv distributors mm-hmm. and production companies in very traditional traditional distribution patterns others where they're we're launching fast channels on their behalf with the partners that we're working with or um, a kind of uh, other opportunities are where we've been working with people who have launched their own fast channels, but we can plug in our ad stack into their um, into their channel um, environments and start to deliver them revenue as well. So it's it's not as simple as it it seems to be, and I think it's um, it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays and progresses over over the next kind of um, couple of years yeah. in the different territories that it's moving in. Absolutely, Wayne. Um, data um, is o- often cited within FAST as, as one of the kind of most frustrating areas, you know, often having to kind of operate in, in the dark and, you know, it's really challenging to, to you know, make Im- improvements and, and ultimately, you know, drive up CPMs and, and overall revenues if you don't get that, that feedback. I know Little Dot uh, have are known for being kind of experts in in data collection and analysis. How are you kind of dealing with this with this black hole? <laughs> well, it is a bit of a, it is a it is a bit of a black hole for fast. Um, we we what we've done is the best with what we can get. So we've built tech product to start to pull all the data that we're getting from the, each of the different platforms, which is different depending on the platform you're talking to, um, to to be able to see it all in one place, which is the first challenge for everybody. Um, the what we also have the benefit of is is all the data from our YouTube network, Facebook network, to to understand the types of audiences that are engaging that are right. engaging with the content in these other environments, so that when we're talking to our advertising partners, we can say, look, we can't give you a clear. You know, we don't know who the specific person is that sat watching a Samsung TV in Leeds, uh, watching real stories on um, for the two hours that the TV's been on. But what we can do is say we know that this demographic that are watching real stories on YouTube is is X, and that the um, the uh, in- interest that they have around. Um, around product as why, and we can start to kind of map all of that data across one another to be able to go back to the advertisers and say we believe that this is kind of where it's working. And with my ad sales hat on, that is where we've been working with a lot of our direct sales partners uh, and advertisers to say and uh, really effectively to run really interesting campaigns for them across our fast network as opposed to where we've been traditionally selling in YouTube. Um, 
so kind of to summarize the data is relatively poor um what we have we're making the best of and we're layering that on with additional data from other sources that we can we can utilize makes sense thank you um so we've talked we've talked about fast which you know is is at the forefront of of the industry at the moment but i'm interested to know what the next big things are for for content owners and distributors to take advantage of in in the digital space what what are your thoughts I mean, the getting them to do this part first is the uh, is, a, is a challenge. Whether we haven't seen any emerging platforms yet that will that we can see setting the world alight. There are changes in each of these different platforms that are, we we're starting to see in terms of the way monetization is being dealt with. So, vertical video monetization is starting to emerge from each of the different platforms. We're seeing that from meta and from youtube so there's opportunities to start seeing monetization it's small and it's not going to replace the revenue that is disappearing from audiences we're already seeing a migration of um youtube audiences from traditional 16 by 9 content into vertical content and therefore the impact of that potentially is starting to see decline in ad revenues now that's not definitely happening yet but it's not being replaced with the vertical um, ad revenues that we're seeing because the the ad market isn't ready to to really understand how the how these play out in their environments too. So that's that's kind of evolving and emerging. Um, obviously, everybody's losing their minds about AI right now, and um, uh, I believe uh, we'll all be, uh, according to everybody's panic, we'll all be out of jobs. But I, I genuinely don't believe that. I think the there are multiple different tools that utilize AI that can service and support business and make things move quicker, more effectively, uh, take out enormous amount of time that has been spent doing labor intense work if the right tools are embraced and, and, and engaged with along alongside the day-to-day work that the teams are doing. And I think the important thing is there are opportunities for the teams to be doing more interesting things by using those tools to take out the slightly more mundane um, projects do i believe it's going to be um creatively replacing um our industry not for a long time i think the tools are you know a long way from that but um but i think it's an interesting interesting environment for um for people to be playing and our teams are definitely testing tools out at the moment to see what what works what doesn't work in all of our different markets yeah, AI. We can we can probably um, spend a, a couple of other episodes discussing. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll I think you will have to leave leave that one there. But would love to um, would would love to talk to you in more detail about that at another time. But it, it's been super insightful to have you join us on Inside Content Wayne, and I hope you'll come back and join us um, in the not too distant future to see how things have, have moved on and, and this space is developing. Always happy to. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside Content, the TV industry podcast brought to you by Three Vision. With decades of TV industry experience and real world success, we know the ins and outs of the market like nobody else. To learn more about our TV consultancy services, head to threevision.tv.